key to making it work is understanding your customer first. System can't fix a lack of understanding, but it can take an understanding of your customer and turn it into a lot more sales. Welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. Hello, welcome, and thank you very much for listening. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about marketing automation. In fact, we're going to do a two-part series on this topic because I think there's an opportunity to help a lot of you, whether you are just thinking about getting started with marketing automation or have been using it for a while and want to elevate your game. Before we get started, I want to thank my sponsor, the Association of Commercial Professionals Life Sciences. ACPLS provides marketing, sales, and customer service professionals in the life sciences, an international forum for the exchange of knowledge, including opportunities for ongoing education, networking, and professional development. To learn more, visit acp-ls.org. And while you're there, subscribe to the newsletter to stay up to date. Now, let's get back to the interview. In this first part, we'll talk about what it is, how it fits in with your overall marketing plan, what to consider if you're selecting a platform, and the benefits as well as some of the challenges marketers encounter with marketing automation. And then in the second part, which will go live two weeks from now, we'll talk about the importance of content. How do you think about laying out a campaign and using the data that comes back to you to make your marketing more effective? Having said all of that, My guest today has a PhD in genetics from the University of Washington. He has extensive experience both as a scientist at the bench and as a marketer in the life science business. He is currently the principal at Pacific Biomarketing where he helps life science companies achieve their sales and marketing goals through practical, actionable solutions. Guy Page, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Chris. It's great to be here. So we finally met in person a couple weeks ago at the ACPLS meeting in San Diego. And I'm curious to hear what your favorite takeaway or most interesting impression of that annual meeting was. Well, I've been associated with ACPLS for quite a while, and I love the organization. It is a one of the few ex- places where you can go and spend time with people who are like yourself. If you go to a show, a trade show, I mean, there are other marketers there, but you don't really get a chance to hang out and talk with them and compare notes and you know, see who has used what and how it's working. And here at ACPLS, you get two days of nothing but. And I look forward to it every year. Nice. So um, this is somewhat of an aside. but So mine was related to the question you asked, and I was thinking the exact same thing. So we had a panel of scientists and we asked them where they get their information, and all six of them swore up and down that they only get product information from their colleagues. And so the question becomes, who's consuming our content? And I thought, this might be harder than figuring out how life on Earth got started. Yeah, well, they, I, you know, I think sometimes customers don't fully understand how they come to their their buying decisions. And um, getting information from colleagues is definitely a very important uh, vehicle, but the colleagues have to get it somewhere. 
and their their colleagues have to get it somewhere. Exactly. So in the beginning, you know, there is a chicken or an egg, one of those two. Right. <laughs> that's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that is a bit of an aside, but I just thought that was an amusing conversation, and and yeah, just totally. uh, I'm sure there's somebody who who's reading something, but it was just funny to hear people say, "No, we we just talk to each other." Um, oh, it's it's like the same thing as where they they'll they, they'll say, "Well, all we care about is the data." And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> experience doesn't tend to bear that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the data. Well, we, I won't even go there. So <laughs> let's let's get back to marketing automation. We'll begin right. with the end in mind, which is more leads and sales, right? Absolutely. So uh, first of all, just so we're all on the same page, let's. Would you explain what marketing automation is? Uh, sure, I can do it in three words. Not possible. The, that's two words. I've been talking about marketing automation for. Oh God! Like three or four years now, um, when the you know the light first dawned, and I've tried lots of different ways of explaining it and uh, describing it and talking about the benefits of it and the features of it. Um, it's it's a a complex uh, concept um, that kind of evades a simple description. But what I can do, and I was you know I was thinking about this question and and. I think the best shot I can take at it is to say that marketing automation is an efficient way of managing the digital conversations that are what marketing today is all about. So it's a it's a tool for conducting marketing in an environment that is very different than what we have experienced in the past. And if I can spend a couple of minutes on this um, – I use the term digital conversations, and, and the key word there is conversations. I mean, we have in the past looked at selling to people and marketing people, well, selling to people as a conversation, which is two people talking to one another, typically the customer and the sales rep. And, you know, we all know, we've heard the, the numbers many, many times about how 70% or 57% or, you know, 60% of the buying decision is made before the customer ever contacts the company. Um, but what has happened is it's been replaced by, in good cases, by digital conversations. So just to, to clarify, a digital conversation is not words going back and forth. It's not an email chain. It's, you know, it's not uh, twittering back and forth. It is an awareness on the part of the marketing organization of what the customer is responding to and responding to them appropriately to their own behavior. So the conversation goes, company does something, customer responds or doesn't. In response to the customer response, the company does something else. And that begins to look like a conversation. It, it fits what the customer is actually interested in as demonstrated by their behavior. Marketing automation allows that to be possible because in our current environment, there are many, many types of digital conversation, and there's going to be more. There are going to be tons of them. We're only beginning. So the, to think about managing these, this array of conversations manually is totally overwhelming. It's, I, I, honestly, I think it's just not possible. 
And that's what, you know, the, the key benefit that marketing automation does is to, well, among others, is to bring manageability to this high diversity of conversations that you want to engage in if you're in marketing. Right. And it's all driven by software. So you have to, to some degree, envision the flow of that conversation and what the possible branch points are. A customer responds or doesn't or responds to one thing but not another and sort of have your conversation planned out in advance, right? And then Absolutely. Yes. And, and then that's put into the software to say if they do this – let's let's say that and if they say this then we're going to say something else which totally. is really delivering information back and forth and you can and you can see very quickly if you start to map this out and we'll talk about this later is that the brand, the, the number of branch points expands obviously geometrically yes and that's how it becomes completely unmanageable and so typically most of us will blow off all of the secondary communications which can be very important and that's what automation allows us to handle. Well, if I don't ask you, we definitely have to get back to how we manage that because that is – I think that's the crux of the, the issue for a lot of people. So of all the things marketers could be investing money, time, effort into to get more leads and sales, how does automation fit into that? The Okay, so I've done – as you mentioned, I've done marketing for a long time. I've managed lots and lots of marketing programs and organizations and the – and done everything that we marketers normally do from advertising and trade shows and emails and all that stuff. Um, and I would say at this point in time, I mean, if you go to the Pacific Biomarketing website, you'll see we're all about marketing automation. And there's a reason for that. And that's because it works. It's the only thing I know that is absolutely, well, let's just say high probability it's going to work. Because it, the, it fits perfectly with the way that we interact with customers right now, and it guides you to the best ways of interacting. So the way I look at it is that marketing automation is not the answer. It's like the foundation for your house. Right? It, there are going to be tons and tons of marketing tools that are going to be created through lots of ingenuity in the Internet. What marketing automation allows you to do is to aggregate them, coordinate them, and get them to work together. So you start with that and build outwards in a coordinated fashion. So it is probably the best thing you can do at this point with your money. Okay. Yeah. And then um, you – well, we're going to talk about specific benefits and challenges as we go along. But And it sounds like maybe you've already answered this. The primary benefits are managing this um, – multiple branch points and the infinite possible conversations we could be having with who knows how many potential customers. Um, but what else? The, I know there are some other things that you, you get out of it. Yeah. So the management is very, is very definitely, that's the thing that people mostly think about when they think about um, marketing automation. And scope, of course. Scope, in this case, I mean the range of things you can coordinate. You know, all of the social things and all of the other vehicles, retargeting, you name it, can all be plugged into your automation system. But the key one that I really like and I think is most important is measurement. And that is that when you set up a campaign in an in a automation system, 
you define what's going to happen at every step of the way, no matter how many steps there are and how many branch points, you will get a quantitative assessment of how well that worked. And from a marketing perspective, that is solid gold because you can see when you're making a mistake or when you've hit a green light that is really valuable that presumably we know about our customers before we start, but, you know, okay, we don't all know everything about them. And part of what we do here is find out about them. And this stuff helps you short-circuit and cut off programs that aren't working, redefine them into programs that might work, and put your resources behind programs that really are working and are very valuable. I think that's one of the biggest benefits. Yeah. Um, Yeah, my experience with a couple of marketing automation systems that to me was the most valuable part um i won't say that i ran any complex campaigns but just being able to look at the data and go okay they this content is something they love that content is something no one cares about this is the source of the majority of my leads and that thing that i'm spending time on over there um drives traffic but i get nothing out of it so um It, it that's I think hugely valuable because if you just stopped at measuring traffic, you would be, um, you could be wasting still a lot of effort and money. Oh yeah, there's there there are a lot. Believe me, there's as you know, there are lots of ways to spend money, <laughs> and, <laughs> and you can you know once you get started on a campaign, you can put tons of cash into it, and you may not want to be doing that. Right. Yeah. You want to, you want to find the thing that works and put your cash behind that if possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, several weeks ago now, Kenneth Vogt was on, um, a previous episode and, and we generally talked about how companies should evaluate systems, whatever kind of system they're thinking about bringing into their organization. But let's talk today specifically about marketing automation. What should people, Uh, marketers who are not yet using it but thinking about dipping their toe in the pool what what should they be thinking about if they're going to evaluate a marketing automation platform um real complex question but i i the 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 simplest well answers are uh, I would call them uh, scope, goals, and resources, and I'll go over each of these. The scope here, I don't mean scope in the sense that I used it before where you're dealing with a multitude of marketing programs and channels, but the, the size of the organization. Um, marketing automation is applicable to everybody. We'll talk about that in a minute, but, um, but organizations that are very complex, say, for example, uh, you're a large company that has uh, either you know branch offices or distributors throughout the world, and you want to have them integrated into your system. Uh, you want to have a highly coordinated uh, marketing operation. You have uh, a fairly substantial in-house Marcom group, say, or a marketing group, and brand. You have a strong brand that imposes some limitations or restrictions on what you can choose. I represent, you know, Pacific Biomarketing represents HubSpot, which is designed for small, medium-sized businesses, which is most of our clientele. Um, probably not as applicable to larger businesses. I've worked in the in the past with Marketo, which is a, a marketing automation system more designed for marketing management. Its scope is much larger. It's kind of like the Salesforce. 
com of of marketing automation. So scope is a big deal. It's very important. Um, the goals of what you want to achieve are also important. I mean, most of the automation systems have functionalities, have similar functionalities. Some are more robust than others. Um, just one quick example. Um, some lead scoring is something that everybody does, which is where you give a lead points for the behavior that they execute uh, during the, your marketing with them. And some of the systems are very good at that. Others less so. If it's really important to you to be able to rank leads, and ranking leads means making efficient use of your sales for your, the salespeople's time. Yes. If that's an important thing, then you want to pick a system that has a very robust lead scoring capability. Um, and then finally, the resources. So some systems, like HubSpot, are adoptable pretty easily. They have great support. The system itself is logical and accessible to, to you know, your general marketing person. Um, and contrast, something like Marketo is far more complicated uh, and would typically require dedication of at least one resource to it, uh, and depending on the size of the organization, even more. So if you're stepping back at it, you have to look at what do you want to accomplish, what kind of an organization are you in size and your scope, and then what kind of resource are you willing to dedicate to managing it? And you can go throughout the, the spectrum of you don't have to hire anybody new to where you really need a team. Thank you. That I mean, that's exactly the answer I was looking for. So the things people ought to be thinking about, because uh, in my experience, there is a wide range of complexity to the systems. And um, at one company where I worked, for example, we were looking at um, a system that we thought would have been, you know, the the ultimate solution to all our marketing problems, and then. Um, having had some experience with that system elsewhere, realized that um, the previous company would not have survived under the weight of that complexity. Let's put it that way. So, um, and yeah, and then I've seen, you know, as you say, I've had some experience with HubSpot too and um, very easy to use, but again, not maybe as complicated or as capable of as more complex systems. Um. So when it, you put uh, marketing automation into practice, are you seeing it work better for some companies than others? And what kind of what kind of lessons are you learning for from watching companies implement marketing automation? Ouch. Ooh. Lots. <laughs> <laughs> the the one of the things that people assume uh, kind of tacitly is that um, Marketing automation is is it's something that's designed for big companies. It's like SAP or something. Right? Or you're like, oh, we don't need to do that. Well, my counterexample is I know of, of a dentist's office that has three dentists, and they use HubSpot, and the very productively. And the point is that we, you know, in in the digital age in which we live in, everybody who's in business is selling something, and Marketing automation is designed to help you sell um, whatever you're selling. So in principle, and I think in practice, it'll work well, equally well for all companies, um, even nonprofits. Uh, 
But the key is, and you know, I think we'll we'll talk about this more when we get into content, is that you know people kind of get the idea that uh, it, a marketing automation system is kind of like a, I don't know a, a, a TV that you buy. You turn it on and it works. Um, and it's not like that at all. It's much more like a, a factory that or a machine that you have to build first. And if you build it properly, it'll work wonderfully. And if you don't, it's going to turn out junk or not work at all. Clank and you know, spew smoke. And, the, and the, the key to making it work is understanding your customer first. That the more you understand what your customer cares about, and what motivates them, makes them tick their so-called jobs, their pains and gains, the better your system is going to work because you'll build that understanding formally and systematically throughout your system. If you don't understand what your customers, what motivates them, you're going to make mistakes and it'll look like your system isn't working. So a system can't fix a lack of understanding, but it can take an understanding of your customer and turn it into a lot more sales. Excellent. So when you say build, you're talking about, and I know I might be getting a little bit ahead here, are we talking about filling your system, so to speak, with content, or are you talking about designing um, workflows for your campaigns or something even more fundamental than that? Well, it's more like it's a, it's a combination. Because let's suppose you've decided as a marketing group you want to address a particular marketing segment with a particular message. Because you have, through contact at a trade show, um, feedback from your sales organization or whatever, you've got some clarity that this message is going to, make a, is going to resonate with this segment. So you go, okay, cool, let's make a campaign. And now you go, like, well, what do these people care about? Let's make some content for them. And what is their thought process going to be? And you build it into a whole series, a whole workflow. Now, what you've got there is let's let's just think of this as a, a brick in the wall. So customers from this particular segment come in one end of your little port of your brick or a portion of your machine. They read your content. They're motivated. They and then they buy at the other end or they contact your sales force and the sales guy gets them to buy or the saleswoman. And that's just one piece. Now, the next thing that happens is you go to another show or you get some more feedback from your sales organization or something else comes in or even you have an idea that you think would work or you talk to one of your customers and you go like, well, wait a second. Here's another, here's another portion of the segment or even the seg same segment with a different message. So let's build some stuff around them. Around them. So you, you, you go through the process again. Now you've got another brick. You've got two bricks that are working at the same time. And bit by bit by bit, you can assemble yourself a, a very complex, comprehensive outreach to many different segments with messages that resonate. And of course, if the message doesn't work and that does happen, you can take that brick out of the wall. And the content plays an absolutely essential role and works hand in hand with your understanding of what customers care about and how you find the messaging that, that might work with them. Nice. Um, so... Yeah, I like that, how you're essentially customizing your message to the people that you want to reach, and automation helps you do that. And again, 
getting data back and figuring out what works and what doesn't and continually refining that message. Um, so are there, uh, I don't want to dig too deep into content. We'll get into that in the next episode, but are there common mistakes you see in how companies use or what they expect to get out of marketing automation? Yeah, we kind of touched on this and it, it, it is the, the idea is, um, like I said, it's like if you treat it like there's some magic to it, um, that, and or that's one mistake. Like, like I said, you take it out of the box, you turn on the switch, and and it works. Um, the and the other one is that it makes sales, and the what it does is it facilitates sales, but it doesn't make them. So I think the biggest disappointment for people who do get disappointed early is that they put it in place and they'll do a campaign and the, the it's like well where's the money I'm like mm. <laughs> how is you know you're like well where did we how did we set it up and it it, it how do we prepare the customers for the sale and let's take a look at it and that's where the that's where the the measurement um capability comes in because it allows you to go back and say if it isn't working the way you want why not when we sent out this first piece of content how did people respond if they didn't respond enough maybe that's part of the problem let's go back and tweak it was the message a little bit off you know can we rephrase it and it's that moving away from the understanding that there's some magic to it to that that this is actually a systematic almost scientific process of figuring out what works and encoding that understanding into your automation system that's what it's all about and once you get into that mindset then it's it's it works much better i i love what you just said there about the scientific method of of the whole thing because really what you're doing and what uh, automation allows you to do and I wrote a blog post about this not necessarily related to automation but when you're doing content marketing everything you do is a hypothesis or, or when you're doing marketing in general you have a hypothesis that this message right. will resonate with someone and when you put it out through an automation system and you get data back you can validate or negate that hypothesis and say well let's try something else and the yeah. beauty is you get to iterate that as many times as you want or as you have capacity to do. Um, I Yeah, and I love – I want to talk more in the next segment. I think we're going to wrap this one here, but I definitely want to come back and make a note so that when we talk in the next segment about preparing customers for the sale. So that's something I would not heard before and I'm very curious about. Um, but I, you know, I have a sense of where you're going, but I think it's a great idea. And um, it's, it's one of my most, uh, what would I say, urgent questions about marketing automation. So is the ultimate endpoint, and we'll talk about this again in the next episode, you know, you're expecting a call from them to say, hey, I love your stuff so much, i got to have it right now. Or is it something a little more, uh, like you said, um, understanding where they are in the digital conversation and, and the, the right time for someone to approach them. So um, thank you, Guy, very much for this one. I look very much forward to our next chat. 
And again, that will come out in two weeks. If you want to make sure that you don't miss that episode, you should subscribe to this <laughs> podcast right now. And we will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Okay. Thanks, Chris. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Guy. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, thanks very much, Guy, for getting us started on this really important topic. I'm also looking forward to our next episode in a couple weeks. Listeners, if you enjoy the podcast, a rating or review on iTunes is always much appreciated. I encourage you to subscribe on your iPhone or listen to us on Stitcher. And if you would like useful marketing tips in your inbox every week, go to lifesciencemarketingradio.com, fill out the form at the top of the right-hand column, and I will send you something useful every Tuesday. And I look forward to talking to you on the next podcast two weeks from now. Bye-bye.